Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Mr. Vincent. Thank you for joining us this morning. Oh, good morning to you. Mr. Vincent was my father, so Faye is fine. <laughs> well, Faye, it's a pleasure to talk to you and a privilege as well, especially in light of what baseball is enduring and going through this week. So let's just begin with your perspective, given your experience. How difficult is it for the commissioner of baseball to balance making decisions based on what's for the, quote, good of the game with what's best for the owners? Well, it's impossible, and the reason is uh, structural. That is, the commissioner is seen by many people, including people in the media and certainly the public, as uh, having a responsibility for the whole game. The, the problem is the union uh, sees the world in a sort of bicameral way where they're on one side and the commissioner and the owners are on the other. So. Any sort of moral suasion by the commissioner is very, very difficult. Um, the union views the commissioner as a as a servant of the owners, and there's some basis for that, obviously, because the owners hire the commissioner. It's a very difficult position. Faye, hey, uh, appreciate you coming on uh, so much with what's going on in the world everywhere. Uh, you know, baseball is big to us and the fans, but we know there's there's large issues out there in the world, and it's disconcerting, to say the least, that baseball isn't being played. As, as a fan of the game, um, what, what is your perspective? I mean, how should, how should a fan, how should a uh, commentator, how should uh, somebody looking at both sides, you know, trying to decide to divide up $10 million, $11, $11 billion a year, how, how, should we, how should we focus on it? How, how would you suggest? Well, I think the beginning of wisdom, and I submit it to you and to everybody who's listening, you have to separate the game from the business. The business of baseball is an ugly, greedy, money-grubbing uh, business. It's, it's like all businesses. It has, there's very little sympathy for... Uh, the noble, romantic, it's what Bart Giamatti always says to uh, 
commandant, he said he was a romantic and he was pleased to be so. The, somebody once wrote, I think it was a professor at Cornell, wrote that the business of baseball is like looking at the sun without any sort of um, visor. You cannot look at the sun for more than a few seconds, and then you have to turn away. The game of baseball is better than that. The business of baseball is awful. So when you're forced to look at the business, and we are today because of a lockout or strike, the fact is nobody wants to do that. And I don't want to do it, and neither should you. It's ugly stuff. The part that's wonderful is the game of baseball. So I love talking about the game, but unfortunately the business takes precedent about every five or ten years. Now this time it's been 30 years because they had a last fight in really in 94, 95, which was awful. I thought it was the I thought it was the last fight, and I, I think I should have been correct, but the, the two sides won't agree on even that. There should never have been that cataclysm in 94, which was when the owners decided to see if they could break the union. Bud Selig was that, and I understood why he did it. He wanted to see if the union would crack. Well, it didn't. And it's not going to break or crack now. And so the business of baseball is about greed. It's about both sides wanting to come out with the most money, the most power, uh, the most, uh, and, and a moral victory, because each one of them thinks that his side is uh, morally superior. The union is saying we're the downtrodden guys that were squeezed by these morals. The moguls are saying, we put money up, we bought the business, we should be entitled to run it. And the union has been taking away much more than their fair share, fair being an awful word. And uh, we don't like it. So my point is, stick with the game, all of us who love it, and forget about the business. Greed will take care of the business. We're joined by former baseball commissioner Faye Vincent here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score, David Hall, Bruce Levine. Faye, I, I don't know whose counsel Rob Manfred may seek or if he does, but if he were to call you today, given your experience, what kind of advice would you offer if he were asking for direction? He has to find somebody like Steve Greenberg, who was uh, who is the son of Hank Greenberg, was my deputy. Steve Greenberg was very well respected by Don Fear, the head of the union. When we had a big lockout and a fight, Steve Greenberg and Steve, uh, I mean, Don Fear and Steve Greenberg went off quietly uh, at 2 in the morning. Uh, there were three or four issues that were not huge, but they were difficult. And the two of them went in a private room because Steve Greenberg was the only person in the meeting that Don Fear would trust. He didn't trust me or anybody in the ownership because the owners had stolen $280 million from the players. And the owners, some of them, were still there who were very involved in uh, doing that theft. So Steve Greenberg and Donald Fear worked out a deal, came back into the room and said, we've hinged. We shook hands, the two of us. We think this is a workable solution. It's obviously a compromise. They got it done. There has to be somebody in the room, maybe two of them, maybe four of them. They have to really want to get it done, and they have to say enough's enough, and this is only about money, and we're going to get it done. 
and I don't know how you arrange that. Steve Greenberg had enormous. He's, by the way, the leading sports investment banker in the country. He should be the commissioner. I think the owners really tried to persuade him to be the commissioner instead of Manfred. Steve didn't want to do it. Steve Greenberg was the solution in my day. I was very fortunate to have him. Manfred doesn't have a Steve Greenberg. I would try to find Steve Greenberg or anybody who's close to him in terms of the reason that Steve Greenberg was so essential is that people trusted him. He is an honest, noble, really superb citizen, and the union people, including Donald Fear, knew that. I don't think in the room that they have today there's somebody with Steve Greenberg's credibility. Say, uh, when you uh, when you look at your your time as commissioner, I I look back and I see a lot of good that was done. In particular, uh, the rule the rule about Roger Maris, uh, you know, with the asterisk that uh, Ford Frick had put on his record uh, when he was approaching it, and and you uh, you t- change your, change your, changing it around to uh, it being the record with no asterisk. What are some of the things uh, that you prided yourself on during during your run, and uh, and some of the things that uh, baseball has been able to do that you know maybe were started uh, during the time when when Bart took over, and then when you took over for Bart? Uh, well, I think there are three things. One, I think bringing Steve Greenberg sent a message to the union that if Steve and I were running things, the attitude toward the union and the ability to work with the owners would have been increased. Secondly, I made a big, big effort to try to redress the screwing that the black ball players, the old Negro League ball players, had gotten. I got the Negro League alumni a pension plan and into a health plan. It took some doing, um, but it was a very good thing to do. And I brought Lynn Coleman, who was a a wonderful fellow who happens to be black, into baseball, and he had a lot to do with my being able to get all that done. And thirdly, I think I tried to persuade the union and the owners that after collusion, when the owners stole all that money from the players, it was going to take a long time to fix that up. But we had to do it because, in, and, and they haven't done it. And the fight between the union and the owners is a stupid fight. If they don't come together and agree on a common mission, Baseball is going to go through these things every five years. And sure enough, it's 30-some years since 1990, 32 to be precise, when Mm -hmm. we solved the problem and Greenberg and Don Fear did it. And they haven't been able to come together like that ever since. Part of it is that I left the stupid owners, then pushed Steve Greenberg out, which was a huge mistake. And I think, you know, recently uh, Steve Greenberg has proven that he probably was the answer. I don't think Rob Manfred, bless his heart, and is in a position to do it because the union recognizes that Ranford was a labor negotiator for baseball. And the credibility, the stature that Steve Greenberg had, unfortunately, is not available to baseball. So I'm proud of a lot of what I did. I'm not very proud that I never could persuade the owners that what Steve and I was doing made sense. We took the long view, and 
The owner said, we don't have time to wait. Our business is going down the tubes. And well, some of the owners, one of them right in Chicago, mm-hmm. felt very strongly that uh, I was the wrong guy and that they had to move to get Selig in there. And in a way, they were right. Selig got them 30 years of peace. But now we have the fact that no progress was made in building a real relationship and partnership. So we're paying the price for those 30 years of very good, peaceful activity. Along those lines, in a final thought, we really appreciate your time. If you're Rob Manfred, and in your case, what is a bigger challenge for commissioner? Is it MLB versus the, the, the players' union in negotiations like this? Or is it the, the big market owners versus the small market owners in those caucuses in that trying to build a consensus, if you will, that you need to get a deal done? You know, the biggest problem is that the union structure was a defensive structure that came along in the 40s with the Taft-Hartley Act. It was designed to protect employees by being, from being screwed by owners and and employers, big companies, and the union structure is—it was work was very important to the history of this country, but it's out of date. And now, in order, look, the only business, private business in this country that is heavily unionized is the entertainment business. Now, in Hollywood, where I came from, the unions are all in a very sort of limited role, and the and the entertainer, the Actors and actresses own a piece of everything that's produced. So if in my day, Columbia had a movie called Tootsie. Well, Dustin Hoffman made the movie, and he owns a piece of it. When you have Derek Jeter, who contributed enormously to the uh, success of the Yankees, retired, he ended up owning nothing of the Yankees. That's because the union structure got Derek Jeter a very good salary, but no ownership. And the fact is, in order to build wealth in this country, you have to own something. Working for a living without owning a piece of the equity is a limited uh, situation. So the baseball players make $30, 40000000 million, but they don't own anything. LeBron James doesn't own any part of the Lakers. And what does LeBron James do? He buys a piece of the Red Sox on the open market because he wants to own a piece of the equity in the sports business. Very smart. The quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs owns a piece of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's very smart. He's the only major sports figure I know who has a piece of the equity of the team he plays for. That is the way of the future. But the union structure is totally out of date. Now, I'm about 30 years ahead of myself, but in long after I'm dead, the owners and the players are going to have to structure an arrangement where they own the game together and they run it together. And the commissioner works for both the owners and the players. And the union goes by the boards, but there's an ownership structure that protects the players from anything that the uh, owners might do. They have the same economic interests. Hey, uh, David and I appreciate this so much. In closing with you, I'm going to ask you why you think Florida in particular and in general expansion in baseball in Florida has not worked. And will expansion work again 
once they go to 32, because it looks like they're hell-bent on, on getting two more clubs uh, in, in Major League Baseball. You know, I don't think expansion makes sense. I mean, you're diluting the equity of what you've got. I think um, that electronic uh, sports is a better business long-term than people coming out to the ballpark. Uh, that's where the money is going to be. And I think that the reason sports expansion hasn't worked is that it was never really done uh, terribly well. It worked. Look, the Dodgers and the Giants, uh, California has worked better than Florida. Why is that? Well, better owners, better environments, better. Chavez Ravine is a better ballpark than Tampa Bay. That's not, as Barchimani would say, I could use a higher standard. The worst ballpark professional ballpark in the country is Tampa Bay. And until they fix that, that poor franchise is dead. Well, you know, it's been there for 30 years. It's a tragedy. And again, to blame Florida for baseball going into Tampa Bay makes no sense. Tampa Bay, it's a very nice community, and I used to spend time there, but the ballpark is in a terrible location. It's impossible to get to. You have to cross to a barrier island over a little bridge. Makes no sense. So I think you can't blame. Expansion is a bad idea because you're diluting the value of the franchises that presently exist. And there are very few community, uh, communities big enough to support uh, baseball, not because they're not big enough, but because they're not a big enough television market. And sports is, to this day, all about television. Faye, we can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Be well, be happy, and thank you so much for your time today. Not at all. Thank, thank you, you for calling. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 